Well, good to see everyone. We're here with Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi there. This is Sermon Chat. We're talking about the sermon of last week, which Amanda delivered three times. Why don't you, you know, before we get started, let's, yeah. let's talk about just quickly what it takes to preach a sermon three times. Mm. How does that leave you, leave you feeling? Yeah, you know, it's one of those on paper. You think, well, it's already written. You do the bulk of the work up front. Like, it's not going to make much of a difference. Yeah. But I remember when I started um, preaching here, you warned me and said, you're going to be tired afterwards. And I thought, well, I'm pretty young. I'll probably be okay. But it's true. You really do get tired. And I think it's because it's not just words that we're delivering. It's, right. yeah. There's emotion behind it. There's, um, you know, many theologians talk about a different kind of anointing or experience as well. And so I I have come to believe if you are preaching faithfully and obediently, you will come away tired. Yeah. And I think even more so when it's multiple times. Yeah. Well, what I heard you say is uh, you're young, I'm old, and that's the reason why I was feeling tired. But is that what you were saying? <laughs> It's true. <laughs> and yes, it's the emotion, it's the the spiritual resources that you're tapping into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the uh, seriousness of the of being God's instrument and tool, yeah. the the spoken word. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people think, well, it's just a few minutes of preaching right. and in total it's about an hour that yep. we're preaching yep. as such more to lead the service, but it does take a lot out of you. So it does. Um, thanks for sharing that. I think it's important that people a understand the, what it takes out of a preacher to preach and then b for the purpose of praying for the preacher. Mm, and we always do pray for the preacher at every service before we get started. Yeah. And, uh, we do covet your prayers, especially on Sundays as we preach. All right. We have several questions. I think people are starting to get into the habit of writing questions and considering the sermon. You concluded, Amanda, our sermon series on walking in Christ. Mm-hmm. And again, to remind all of you who are joining us, that sermon series was really given that we might live lives that walk that is how we live, live in Christ Jesus as our power, as our strength, as uh, our Lord, as our Savior, as our guide and director and all the rest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the one who empowers us to live this life of discipleship. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Your encouragement on Sunday was to lead us to consider to walk in the justice of Christ so our first question is this, and actually it's a, it's two questions, but I think they're getting to the heart of the same material. And that is, could you further define what you mean by the justice of Christ and the upside down kingdom? Yeah. And I think those are related. I would, I would argue they are definitely related and connected. One of the things I love about this practice is so mm. often... It's like I, we give a sermon on a Sunday and then it's almost like that chapter is closed and we put it away. And so the work that 
I do because mm-hmm. I'm always thinking, oh, I wish I said this or, oh, I could have talked about this more. So it's a fun, I'm excited to get to dig into this a little bit. And well, we're this, excited to hear from you. This is one of those areas too. Yeah. Um, the justice of Christ is such a big topic and there are so many different directions that you can go when you're talking about it. And I think that's one of the biggest things I spent my time on in preparing yeah. is trying yeah. to figure out and discern which direction God was, God was leading. And, um, when we talk about the kingdom, the upside down kingdom or the justice of Christ, I think we as people have this idea of what justice looks like. And we, I think, especially in a Western society, have, feel like we have a pretty good understanding of it. Right. And so when we try to understand God's perspective or Jesus's perspective on it, I think looking at his teaching and what he had to offer um, is a great place to go. And so I think of things like Jesus' teaching where he said, um, you know, you have heard, and then he would take things and twist them, turn them on their ear, maybe better said. Um, Things like you've heard it said, an eye for an eye. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, you know, love your enemies. And he, he would take these expectations that people had and completely shift them and say, listen, this is what you think justice is. It seems fair to us. And it, and I would argue it even seems just to us to say, well, yeah, an eye for an eye, because then we're equal. We have both equally lost an eye. But Jesus is saying... The, the idea of quid pro quo. Yes, yes, <laughs> Which yes. is a legal Yeah, a legal term yeah, even. It's, yeah, it's, uh, uh, Equal for equal. Yes. Um, you get what you give. Yes. And you're referencing, of course, Jesus' Sermon on the, the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, yeah. Which is a, mm-hmm. in Matthew chapters 5, mm-hmm. 6, and 7. Yep. And this is what Jesus is doing. And so the worldly kingdom would say the law given yes. to Israel is, says this. Mm-hmm. But then Jesus reinterprets it. Yes. And so he does actually put things on their head. Yeah, it's, he does. It's not he what an... we would expect, which mm-hmm. was your point. Yeah, yes. It's it's almost like giving a new prescription um, for mm-hmm. your lenses. And he mm, just gives us a different way of seeing things that pushes up against uh, what the logic of the world or those outside the church embody and pursue. Yeah, and when I think of the upside down kingdom, I go to the beginning of the sermon mm-hmm, in the chapter Beatitudes. five with the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the statements of Jesus are He talks sh- about shocking. Yes, those who will inherit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think, you know, if I were to make a list, it would using human logic, it would be something like, well, those at the top or those who will succeed are the ones who work hard, the ones who, you know, have good resources, who mm-hmm. the list goes on and on. Whereas Jesus says those who will inherit the kingdom are the meek, mm-hmm. are the humble, are those who seek God's righteousness. Right. And he takes this idea of what we could and should be pursuing mm-hmm. and invites us to look beyond what what the world offers and beyond, I think, our human reactions. Yeah. Let me ask you this. 
the law as mm -hmm. given to Moses and then lived out by Israel yeah. seems to advocate that things are fair and equitable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is justice fair and equitable? Mm. That's a, this is a hard one. It is. Yeah. And I think, I think as much as those words are often used interchangeably, I think they're very different. Yeah. Um, there's this illustration that I've seen go around online where it has um, a picture of some kids trying to watch a baseball game uh, over a fence, mm -hmm. and they're too short for it. Right. And so they, it's illustrating this the differences between what's fair and what's equitable. And so they talk about you know, the first kid gets a really high step stool and then he can see, and that might be mm. justice. Yeah. But then they talk, the next picture then is the fence is lower and uh. everyone can see and that's equitable. So it's mm. everyone has that same opportunity. Sure. And so I would say where fairness, we think that's what we want. Mm -hmm. It's more like quid pro quo, mm -hmm. where it doesn't take anything into account um, outside of the black and white. You know, yeah. it, for me, if I were to lose five bucks, mm -hmm. I'd be bummed. You know, I'm like, well, that's my cup of coffee for the week. If my six-year-old who has $5 in his you know, piggy bank mm -hmm. lost Five dollars. That's his life savings. Yes, that's everything he's ever had. Yes, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think, on paper, fairness mm -hmm. seems to hold up, but I would argue that we're really wired for justice. Okay, I'll I'll push on that a little yeah. bit. Uh, we're wired for justice, and yet we cry out when things aren't fair. Mm -hmm. For instance. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus told the parable of the workers of the field. Yes. Oh, that's a hard one sometimes. <laughs> uh, we, I'll, I'll retell it quickly. Yes. Uh, there's a, a field owner who hires workers at, at sunup and says, I'll pay you this much to work mm -hmm. in my field for the day. Yeah. Then somebody comes in late morning and they're paid the same wage, mm -hmm. though they haven't had the few hours that the original workers have. And then noon and then early afternoon and then right before the sun sets, yep. presumably an hour or two maybe left of work, the field owner hires workers and pays them the same wage yep. as the ones who have worked all day. Yes. And then our humanity cries out, that's not fair. Absolutely, so, it does. I have a real life example of okay, that, actually. Yeah. Uh, we had offered our kids a movie night. We said, okay, mm -hmm. if we get downstairs tidied up, you know, with so many kids, like we have five kids at home, mm -hmm. our house gets crazy sometimes. Yep. We said, okay, if we get downstairs. That's your own up, fault. You do know that. Yeah. <laughs> you chose this. <laughs> I would argue God chose it and I am oh, obedient. Okay. All right. Well, we'll blame God. <laughs> Safe place. Yes, right. Um, and so we had said, hey, if we get downstairs picked up, we'll do a movie night tonight. Yeah. And so... As it goes, there were some kids that helped a lot, yep. some that didn't help as much, mm -hmm. and everyone got, got to watch, night. yeah, yep. got the movie night. And um, one of our kids in particular, 
will is quick to call out the fairness. And she said... Who worked um, harder than the others. Yes, yes, she worked harder than the others. She said, I worked longer. Right. And, yeah. you know, why do they still get to enjoy that? Mm-hmm. And so it was a good teaching opportunity and mm-hmm. you know, to talk about, you know, it does feel unfair. And yeah. there's a lot there's a lot going on there. Um, I, I think with the parable especially, it's a great reminder for us that... Mm-hmm. As much as we might show up and work hard, mm-hmm. we are still in need of God's grace. And it's a beautiful picture that it is available to us, whether mm-hmm. we get in at the ground level when we're born into a family with the foundation of faith, yeah. or whether it's something we come to see or accept on our deathbed. And this is a kingdom of parable of yes. Jesus. Jesus yeah. says, this is what the kingdom is it's like. like, yeah. And so, again, you said we long for justice. Mm-hmm. I think we, I think maybe in our human nature, we uh, erroneously think we want things to be fair. We do. But if things were fair, it wouldn't be for our benefit. <laughs> yes. That's what I've used this in the sermon because yeah. it, it's just a line that sticks with me yeah. from, you know, I'm a child of the 90s and 2000s. So Reliant K was one of the big Christian bands at the time. And um, they, one of the lines in their songs is, the beauty of grace Mm -hmm. is that it makes life not fair. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. And there is that rub for us, but I'm grateful that it's not fair, but that it is just. It is just, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. Thanks for your perspective on that. I, I think that oftentimes we do conflate we do. fairness and justice mm-hmm. and they're not exactly the same thing at all. Yeah. We had another question here that we'll move on to and you, you talked about your experience with the justice system mm-hmm. and we were talking about this earlier this morning yeah. in our mentoring time with Kelly and I said, I, I kind of wanted to hear more. And that, that's the thing about it, the sermon mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that it, we, we make broad statements, but we can't unpack them. Yeah. So one of the questions was, you know, basically that uh, you made a criticism of the American justice system. Mm-hmm. And so could you talk a little bit more about that? Maybe anecdotally? Yeah, um, absolutely. Your experience with, the, with our justice system. And mm-hmm. your point was, I, I think, that uh, yes, the system uh, is probably the, the best that we can do. But, yeah. but it's not the system itself. It's the brokenness of the yes. world. And the brokenness of those who administer the yep. system. Yes. So was there, there were a lot of questions. Yeah, that's one. okay. Sorry. We could, we could sit there for a minute. Okay. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, and that's a great distinction is, uh, you know, one of the things I had said was that it is a broken system mm-hmm. and I don't know that we can expect it to be unbroken, that we mm-hmm. can expect it to be perfect. In fact, we can't because mm-hmm. it's part of a broken, fallen world and it is involved with mm-hmm. broken human people at all levels mm-hmm. on all sides. And so, you know, when I think of the foster system that we've been involved with, right. we were so naive going into it and assumed, as it turns out erroneously, that this system 
is in place really for the protection and well-being of the kids. And so we would go into court and assume, well, whatever is best for the kids will be considered first and foremost. Mm -hmm. When in reality, even the laws themselves in Washington especially Mm -hmm. are written for the sake of the parents Mm. and the birth parents. And that is really who is primarily considered. And so they're protected. Yes. And it's all about... And oftentimes, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding, it's not equitable absolutely um, between the parents even the, no. the birth mother has mm-hmm. more protection and rights is yes that correct yeah or, i would i would absolutely agree mm-hmm. that our our system very much leans towards mm-hmm. towards mothers and and it's where i would have hoped and and did assume that it was about the kids and that the yeah. kids were put top and then everybody else you know were considered, but not as much as children. And that just simply isn't how our system is set up to run even. Mm -hmm. And so it was such a shock to see that and experience that. And that was one of those times in my life where I really came to see um, what it must be like for God to witness Mm -hmm. the brokenness of the world. Because there is so much at times. And what's amazing about God is God doesn't get overwhelmed by it. God, mm-hmm. you know, isn't, um, isn't put, I think, in the same state, obviously, of helplessness that we are. But mm-hmm. um, I, God understands, I think, the desire for something more. And I think that's, we see that in Jesus. Yeah, and I've seen this played out well beyond the foster system. Oh, yes. Not long ago, I had a good friend who was the president of an HOA. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think you know of this person Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. was acting on behalf of the HOA to help a tenant in that particular neighborhood to be compliant. Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden, it it becomes a case of... uh, he said, she said, and sh- and she's being sued now, my, yeah. f- my friend. It's, it's The case is over, and she was exonerated of, you know, all wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a discrimination case, yeah. which, if you know this person, is way beyond. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I was shocked and surprised about was um, she was, the HOA paid the fees and supplied a lawyer, but they still had to pay all those fees and supply yep. a lawyer, and and there was nothing to the case. Yeah, but she had to wait months and you know uh, mediation and actually litigation. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Yep. I would. <laughs> I would was, agree. Yeah. So I I think we all have seen our justice system um, and its brokenness and those who administer. Uh, mm-hmm. The system is as well. Yeah, and I think you agree. It's the best we can do. Yeah, in a broken world, mm-hmm. I'm not uh, sure that we can do better. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those that's hard because we don't want to let ourselves off the hook and kind of just throw our hands up and say, "Well, it is what it is." But we also have to yeah. recognize. Our place. It's not going to be what, yes. we want, what it should be. Yes, versus like God's you. place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the same person, you commented that 
walking in the justice of Christ takes a long time. Yeah. What does, what, you want to expand on that yeah. a, a little bit? And Absolutely. talk about what that. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. I was, I was saying that this is one of those areas I would have loved to be able to spend more time in, um, is I was talking about almost the realization of justice of, mm-hmm. of it coming to fruition, which yeah. When I think of that, of course, is the second coming of Christ. You're you're talking about the broad bigger picture, yes, of j- justice, not on mm-hmm. the uh, micro level, right. but on the macro. Yes, level. the That's the big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I when that I the talk. World- Sorry. No, it's okay. I say when I talk to students, the yes. zoomed out picture. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is what I try to do on um, my Kindle on pictures, and it doesn't work the same as my iPhone. Uh, you find yourself zooming in. Yeah. And it's like, why isn't this working? But what I was going to say is um, uh, theologian and New Testament scholar N.T. Wright calls mm-hmm. uh, putting the world to rights. Yes. He would argue we're not right. Yep. But the final judgment and justice comes mm-hmm. when Jesus returns yes. to put the world to rights. Exactly. Is that kind yep, of what you That's exactly there? what what I yeah. what I had in mind uh, and what what I was referring to. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. And it that's going to take a long time. Yeah. We've we've been waiting as a church for well over 2000 years right. now and you know even the, the people in the first century that lived breathed, did life with Jesus, thought he would return. Mm -hmm. I know. That's what I think one of the things that can be confusing for us reading through scripture is hearing it's going to happen soon. It's going Mm -hmm. to happen soon. Um, And it doesn't feel very soon for those of us who are in the thick of it. Well, and every generation says, look at the signs. This is all happening now. It must be us. It must be time now. Yes. And it has yet to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's go to then our final question and that is well it's 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 a question and a comment mm-hmm. the the comment is that when it comes to justice the observation was that that justice creates order mm. Yeah. And I would I would add the word healthy there. And yeah. we know then our God is a God of order. And injustice just creates chaos. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's not how God operates. Yeah. But the question is um that this member is considering is uh what do I do that causes disorder, mm. injustice for others? What what is I, I love this question because it's the application question. It is. And it leads to a proper examination of self, which uh, Paul says, examine your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a huge part of discipleship is examining our, our lives. Yeah. So some of the questions this this member is working through is do I gossip? Mm. Uh, do I fail to follow up on things I've said I would do? Mm-hmm. Do I drive in a way that interferes with or endangers others? Yeah. Oh, that hits home, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think a few of us cringe with yeah. that one. Uh, do I take offense too readily and then hold a grudge? Mm-hmm. 
are the, is that good space to end up in when it comes to um, application of this sermon? Yeah, I, I absolutely think it is. And mm-hmm. I think it can go too far. We can take it and go to unhealthy places with it. Okay. But I think responding with an honest look and contemplation about what am I contributing uh, you know, what am I bringing to the table, mm-hmm. to the world, to the people that I interact with? Right. Am I participating and living and showing up in a way that further ushers in the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. Or am I caught and further ushering in the kingdom of the world? Yeah. And I think it's worthwhile for us to consider. You know, Jesus talked about this, I think, I think of the whole speck in your own eye. Consider mm-hmm. the speck in your own eye before you, you know, or the plank in your own eye before right. you look at the speck in someone else's mm-hmm. because that's where we like to live. You know, when we read lists like that, as much as it's helpful for us to look at ourselves, I think our inclination is to say, oh, I know someone who drives really dangerously or, oh, I know someone else who they really struggle with gossip. And we want to skip over those areas in our life um, Mm -hmm. that are in need of the justice of Christ to be more fully present. Mm. Now, I think the flip side of that is it's easy to go to those places. And I think the enemy would love for us to go to those places and then sit in the shame of it Mm, and feel like, well, look, I'm a horrible driver. I don't do what I say I'm going to do. I just gossip about people and make it a laundry list of things that are wrong with us rather than areas that God can mend and use to reflect his glory. Yeah. I like the word that you used there, shame. And Mm -hmm. I I think that a lot of us, especially those of us who grew up in the church, and I I know the member who wrote this question or these questions also grew up in the church. Yeah. We get to that place that we are shaming ourselves Mm -hmm. for the way we don't look like Christ. Mm -hmm. Paul said it this way, I do the things I don't want to do. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things I end up doing. Yes. And he's lamenting the tension and battle Mm -hmm. between his flesh and the spirit. Mm -hmm. But we can get into an unhealthy place of shaming ourselves. And is uh, what what do we do to get out of that place? Yeah. do, Do you think? I think for me, the biggest thing that it comes down to is where our eyes are focused. Mm -hmm. So shame turns us very inward, very focused on ourselves, Mm -hmm. focused on our brokenness, on the things I could be doing to make my brokenness better. Mm -hmm. Whereas if instead we lift our eyes, then we start Mm -hmm. to see God more clearly and have our perspective recalibrated. And then we also start to see other people more clearly and see yeah. them more easily. Right. And and it helps us to realize the truth that we yeah. are broken and we are flawed yeah. and we are beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. And we don't give an inappropriate weight to the voices of shame and condemnation. 
Um, Because as we know, Jesus did not come to condemn. And I think it's hard for us to comprehend that. Going back to that justice thing, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right Mm -hmm. that Jesus would die for someone who is so broken and who who falls so short. Mm -hmm. And yet we know he did. I dated myself on Tuesday at staff meeting. I'm going to do it again (laughs) in front of everybody else. Recalling, remembering a song by Amy Grant in the Mm -hmm. 80s, one of the pioneers. Um, I don't know if we can call Amy Grant an OG, but maybe we can. (laughs) She would probably appreciate it. (laughs) And for those who don't know OG, that's original gangster. (laughs) Anyway, uh, she sung uh, and sings a song uh, called uh, "My Father's Eyes." Mm-hmm. And the did premise, you want to sing that for us now? I do, but I'm not going to because <laughs> I love you too much <laughs> to to uh, put you in that space. The premise of the song is uh, that we would see others through our father's eyes, mm-hmm. and I think. Maybe it's easier to see others through our father's eyes, yeah, and more difficult to see ourselves through our father's mm-hmm. eyes. I years ago, uh, I was meeting with uh, my therapist, and and I do have a therapist. By the way, here's a plug for therapy. Yes, uh, pro I think, therapy. I think everybody um, uh, should have a therapist on speed dial. <laughs> I think it's one of the only ways to deal yeah. with that tension that we live in yeah. of not seeing the world it's as it's to supposed it. to be. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, uh, Wayne, Dr. Wayne Lim, uh, I still meet with him from time to time via Zoom. He, uh, anyway, uh, uh my, uh, Wayne said once to me, he said, Steve, uh, if you dispense grace to yourself mm. or to your congregation like you dispense it to yourself, nobody would come to your church. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and his point was that I was not giving myself grace. Yeah. I was not seeing myself as God sees me through yes. my father's eyes. Yeah. I think that's kind of what, what you're talking about. Absolutely. Here. I talk about mm. that with my kids often uh, because even kids understand that where I can tell they're in that negative self-talk space and I'll challenge it by saying, are you talking to yourself the way you would to one of your friends? You would never say those things to your friends and yet you're doling them out so readily to yourself. And I think that's, that's the, how shame really rears its ugly Mm -hmm. head. And we know who's behind that. Yeah. That's, yes. the, that's Satan. That's yep, the evil the one. Enemy. And I mm-hmm. often, I often ask this question: um, Are these the words of God mm. or of someone else? It's a great. And question. I think when we start beating ourselves, I mean, the 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 questions that our member wrote in terms of considering: Are we, you know, how are our lives also contri- contributing to chaos yes. or um, injustice? That's a great question. It is. But when we begin to indict ourselves, mm. uh, that God doesn't do that. Yes. That's a good distinction and an important one. Yeah. Well, I could do this all day, but I know <laughs> you, you guys can't. <laughs> um, so we're at about, about the 30-minute mark. We'll bring things to conclusion. Yeah. Um, I'd like to pray for us, but do you have any last words or encouragement or... 
What what would you leave people with? Yeah, I think I would honestly leave people with the question from our member is yeah. this week, you know, I want I wonder what it would look like if we took some time mm-hmm. to consider the areas in my life where I am yeah. seeking the justice of Christ and the areas that maybe I'm still holding on to mm-hmm. um, where I haven't surrendered those over to yeah. uh, to Christ's vision and hope for the world. And That's a great point. Yeah. And I'm going to do that except for the driving part. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to just let that, that one That's be one of those now. things where justice takes a long time. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> God, we're grateful for our time together. Thanks for Amanda for diligently speaking your words to us through her on Sunday and today. Help us to be shaped and formed continually into your image, Lord Christ. We pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Great to be with you folks. Have a blessed week. We'll see you on Sunday. See you guys. Bye.